Welcome to episode three of New Type Flash, where we discuss origin episode three, Dawn of Rebellion. Um, last week we discussed episode two. None of us really uh, thought it was a great episode on its own, but this is hopefully where the series starts to pick up its pace. Um, forgot to mention the three hosts. I'm Lane, we've got Scotty P, and we've got Luke. Howdy. Much better episode. This is a much better episode. I actually enjoyed watching the entire thing. Much, (laughs) much, much more enjoyable to watch. Um, So I think it picks, it kind of picks right up uh, with uh, the, the two chars heading towards the military academy. Yeah, we we get the same um, recap we got from episode two, essentially, with a few more things tacked on. Um, And then we, yeah, we go back into uh, um, Eduardo. Eduardo, yes. Eduardo. I'll make a note. This is a long episode. Yeah. Eduardo and and, uh, Char are um, headed off to their respective uh, places. Eduardo is going to a, a private high school and... Um, Char is going to the Xeon Military Academy. Yes, they uh, they get to uh, they get into the spaceport and uh, they start kind of walking around in Char V two. I think is what we decided to call him in the last episode. Uh, <laughs> Edouard is realizing that things are amiss very quickly. Yeah, uh, he he sees a lot of things that he, he's suspicious suspicious of. Um, I just want to know, so I've, I've hinted at it a few times. I take notes as I'm watching these episodes just so I can like kind of mentally arrange these things. And I have a terrible short-term memory. Okay. Um, so uh, as I'm taking notes, I have noted on here probably about a dozen times, Casval is a dick. <laughs> Casval is a dick. He's a dick and a sociopath. I, I mean, <laughs> there's just no good way to say it. He's a terrible person. I understand he had a tragic upbringing and all of that, but good God. Yeah, so the first thing that we, we see happening is um, Char V1 is going through security to get on um, get on his flight, and uh, a gun gets pulled out. Uh, what? Yeah, one of his old-timey six-shooters yeah. uh, from the Texas colony. I mean, it's was... very obvious what happened, but... <laughs> it was clearly it was clearly put there for a reason but that's okay it meant it's a good plot device yeah so char pulls a uh, uh, char v1 gets pulled into the bathroom by casval and he says listen let's just swip, switch identities really quick i'll let you go through under me and then i'll sweet talk them and i'll get through after you don't worry about it um and and a char v1 re- very quickly realizes yeah uh Casval, you are much more uh, eloquent than I am, and I'm kind so, of fucked up. <laughs> so, quick note though, I made I made note of this in the last um, in the last episode, but Char and Edouard walk up, get in this dude's face, freak out for a while. The dude brought a gun to an airport. Then they say, "Oh, we're gonna go to the bathroom real quick." They switch places, come back out, and the guy they were just talking to for several minutes about a gun. Did not notice it was a different person. So if you if you go forward a little bit in the episode, though, um, they didn't know what it was. Th- those guns aren't used. Um, because well, the point when, the point here isn't the fact, fact that it, 
when he hands it back to him later, he's like, oh, this is, you know, some ancient gun that comes from like the the American West, just something along those lines. So it was basically like, you know, don't be bad with this thing like this. <laughs> well, the, I mean, the thing is, it's less about the gun being a gun specifically and more about the fact that this what is essentially a TSA agent was sitting there like, hey, you brought something. I don't know what this is. We need to talk about this, this is a big deal. And then the guy's freaking Char is freaking out at him for several minutes before they go switch places. And they don't notice that the guy switched places. Yeah. They can't possibly have looked that a lot. I mean, they were clearly identical twins separated at birth, but (laughs) so, um, so they switch places and, um, uh, Char V1 is allowed to get on the, the, original flight to loom that uh Casval was going to get on um and at this point i would like to point out that Casval is indeed a dick he is a dick yeah he <laughs> so i i wasn't sure i i got the feeling that he knew about this ahead of time but i wasn't sure if he knew what was going to happen beforehand or if he figured that out when he realized people were following him at the airport i, I think when he realized people were following him that there was no good that could be had i don't think he maybe I don't think he either cared or realized what the logical conclusion of that was. I don't know. All, all I know is I'm probably more apt to believe he just didn't care at this point because it's kind of like, uh, and we'll go through this a handful of times throughout this episode. Um, whatever benefits him, he doesn't care how he gets there. I got the vibe that he had planned to switch flights all along so that he could you know, go there. I, I'm not really sure. I think it was more of like, it happened that he was being followed and this was happened to be a way out. And then they happened to, you know, blow up the other shuttle and he went, yeah, whatever. I, well, I just remember like a handful of scenes where like there were people that were in the airport or spaceport that were looking at him. And he, there was like, kind of like we talked about with the, uh, the night armor like it, it was like flashes mm-hmm. where it was like yeah he sees something going on but mm-hmm. it's not really like they don't delve into it too much they just kind of like say you know do a back and forth like scene show some guy scene show him looking at the in that direction well he can't pour beer on all of them yeah um so yeah uh char v1 <laughs> goes through the security gets on the uh the ship and Char V two gets through with Char V one's military admittance paperwork and Char V one goes boom. And we can stop saying V one and V two now. Yay. Another, another convenient turn of events for Char V two. Yeah. Now, now there is only Char. We can officially Casual stop saying is Edouard is Char. Char has won the Char Highlander. So officially, Ed, on paper, Edouard is dead now. Yes. Edouard slash uh, Casval. The Zabis yeah. believe Casval is dead, and everybody else believes Edouard is dead. And Char is alive and well going to Military Academy as planned. Yep. Um, yeah, we cut to... We cut to him rolling into the uh, military academy orientation super late. 
blatantly wearing sunglasses, <laughs> which is great. Because that just makes everything, yeah. Because <laughs> he wanted to blend in, you know. <laughs> oh, it's such a, oh, I mean, the whole thing, it's this crowd of just faceless, generic looking students. And then you got guy with sunglasses and guy with purple hair. I wonder who the main characters are. <laughs> Yeah, the only blonde character and the only purple-haired <laughs> character. They just need to do a better job with, like, giving some random dude in the class with, like, pink or red spiky, like, chrono trigger hair. <laughs> well, I, I, the, the purple hair is definitely off-putting because he's literally the only one in the entirety of the room. I'm looking at a, a screen grab right now of him when it, when it kind of focuses on uh, Garma right at the beginning. And it's literally just gray and brown yep. hair everywhere. <laughs> um, I wonder if that was a choice. No one else is allowed yeah. because he is a son of the royal family. If anyone dies, their hair purple, they are murdered. <laughs> it's exclusive yep. to the Zabi family. And, and what's even funnier is, is funny. as they move forward throughout the series, the allusions to the Zabis being Nazis or something along those lines. There's no purple-haired master race that I'm seeing anywhere. <laughs> no, but I'm I'm pretty sure uh, all of the members of uh, Hitler's immediate group were not That's exactly true. blonde, blue-eyed, perfect people. Um, all right, but so Garma's the class leader. We get to we get to... Garma's the, Garma's the class leader, and we they also introduced this dude. Um, Hernandez was his last name, I think. Charles Charvy um, ones. Uh, friend yeah a high school buddy yeah his friend from high school um, immediately notices the changes between well, his it, high school friend first it, person at to first notice it's kind of like what's going on with you like are you all right uh and and it it escalates over mm-hmm. time i think um, well he immediately notices that he's different he doesn't notice there's a problem he just notices he's different and, and char kind of plays it off as a well you know it's time to grow up i'm going to a military academy so, now so I mentioned on the last episode how there was some divergence when we got to this uh, episode between the manga and the anime. That was pretty significant. And this is definitely the most significant one because this guy, Hernandez or whatever that we're talking about, he ain't in the manga. He's not there. He does not exist. Oh, really? Um, maybe it's because... It's, he does seem kind of tacked on and kind of uh, annoying. He doesn't seem very well written. Yeah, well, to be fair the whole crux of the difference in their appearance is eye color. And there's only so much you can do with that in a black and white manga. Yeah. Um, And they, they mention that when they first introduce uh, original Char and Edouard and put them together, they talk about it in the manga, but then they never mention it again, except when he's like explaining his sunglasses. So uh, pretty big, uh, pretty big difference there, but, uh, you know, I think it gives a little bit more characterization to Char in the uh, anime. Yeah. Oh, so it's it's another good. You you kind of touched on it a little bit, but they start to explain why he wears the visor all the time. At least his fake explanation in that he got gamma radiation damage to his eyes, and this is repeated multiple times throughout the episode. Um, I'm not sure what his explanation was for how he got it. Like, what did he say happened? And I'm also not sure how exactly he convinced people that it was a real medical condition. But. You know, it's probably a real medical condition in, in, in uh, UC. I'm sure it is. I mean, space travel and all that stuff, radiation, I get it. That's cool. But how did he get, like, 
Oh, that's something I would have been interested in is how did he like, pay, who did he pay off to get that, uh, that approval written into his records? Yeah. So the next few scenes are essentially a montage of Garma being awesome and Char being better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Um, it basically, you know, that's it's interesting how naturally talented, and I, I think they were implying that he's so driven that he's just better than everybody at everything because of his his drive and his desire to accomplish his goals. But he's genuinely coming off as the most athletically talented person at the entire yeah, academy. Yeah, not even close, like by a mile. Yeah, so they they made a they made a point where they were doing a run uh, on the track, and Garma was supposed to be the top of the class. They kind of make an offhand comment about how he's kind of mediocre physically, but really, um, Char is able to finish the run several laps ahead, which is pretty substantial. I mean, we're talking half a mile ahead, quarter mile ahead at least. And then um, they get into a little kerfuffle, or at least their crew. Th- Garma's crew gets in a little a little shoving match with uh, Char, and then. Well, the reason for that is uh, is because of the academic yeah. portion, where uh, um, that's the one thing that Garma really excels at is the academics, and uh, Char makes him look dumb in front of the class. Yes, yeah. and then we see the magic eyes. We see the we see the 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 starey eye punch to the face thing. Which is the most? I think this is the most blatant thing that ever happens with it. But basically, he rage he rage looks at a guy and punches him across the academy lawn. I'm looking at him. Yeah, which was great. To the point where it it, it, it actually destroyed bricks. I didn't. I just caught that, but he got thrown I, I into didn't a catch, bush. Like how ridiculous of a punch it was, but. Well, yeah, he just looked at him and flung him across the hallway into a bush, but he actually got drug on his heels so hard that it broke several bricks. Wow. Which is insane. Don't you punch people like that? Yeah, I wish. That's how I punch everybody. Um, so we continue We continue along just more of the uh, montage. I think they have some shooting scene. It shows uh, Dozel looking over the, uh, the grades of Char, how he's like the top in the class by significant margins uh how garma's just kind of mediocre at everything except academics uh and then it cuts to um char explaining his eye thing i think have we mentioned that dozel is the dean Uh, so the really dumb guy is the the dean of this school (laughs) yeah the dumb the dumb zombie brother yeah i don't think we had mentioned that before that was part of the introduction in the academy was him basically saying i'm i'm in charge we're gonna make you great cadets it's gonna be awesome yeah and they've they've got this whole subtext because the federation is watching over the academy um, they've got this whole subtext of, uh, they're, they're Xeon fighters, but they're, they're not really, you know, independent. So the, they're kind of, and, and it, and it, and it shows us more throughout the rest of the episode, but, um, they're, they're not really their own fighting force, but they are, you know, like that it's more of like a in name only, but they, they, yeah. So the Federation doesn't view them as an actual fighting force, whereas yeah. they view themselves that way. Um, so then we move on to why they want to actually be a fighting force. Uh, we see, um, we go back to Dozel, uh, and, and his brother, um, his name escapes me right now. Uh, Hitler guy. Giren. Yeah. Giren. Giren shows up yeah. and is like, man, what is this mobile suit crap? Um, cancel it. It's a waste of time. I mean, their, their, their engines are on their back. And then we meet 
Dr. Minoski. Yes, yes. And we see this, they were actually showing the second variation of the mobile worker. Um, so it's like, the, it's definitely a lot closer to the Zaku at this point. Yeah. And so they go through, they explain, yeah, the current iteration sucks, but I'm working on this new fusion engine. And he kind of explains what Minoski particles are and what, why they're such a big deal. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't know that they, they went into much detail with it in a lot of the other series. Like, it's it's kind of like a subtext like oh duh you know this but minoski particles are essentially the byproduct of these fusion engines that make it very difficult for radar to function so um the whole idea is you know you run a gundam minoski particles knock out the radar so everything has to be done manually everybody has to aim manually ships are basically firing blind um so this would potentially make a very mobile small target um effective on the battlefield yeah that is way deeper than they went into in that episode no no they mentioned all of that yeah they kind of mentioned how it just interferes with like you know electronic waves and and signals they they went a little lighter than i think uh your explanation was but it's definitely that's definitely a good synopsis of why it's important um, it's basically yeah. the entire they, basis. They basically for said it would render ships ineffective because they wouldn't be able to to target the mobile suits um, in battle. I think they also led to the. It, that's what also led to the uh, creation of all the beam weapons and stuff too. Yeah. Um. So so we we finished with that. So uh, they say, all right, we can we can do more mobile suits and here's a here's a deadline go get this shit done did you guys notice that they also uh showcase how the uh the engine moves from the back to the crotch yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of funny Instead of a big old backpack i like how this is also showing us that progression i don't think in the show they get into the actual model numbers of mobile suits very much once they show up but if you go and buy like a model kit of a Zaku one, it's an MS 5 Yeah. And so this is kind of showing you some Mm -hmm. of the different iterations that get you up to a number like that. When it's their Zaku ones already like a number five, it shows you how they get there. Just a neat little detail. Yeah. Yeah, So I think he, he makes the, makes the comment about how the one using the new fusion generator is the, the zero three MS zero three. Yep. So getting closer. Mm Mm-hmm. Getting close to what MS seventy eight? <laughs> oh, that's that's uh, RX seventy eight. That's that's the Federation naming schema. MS 5 was the Zaku. God, did they, I don't even know if they got to seventy eight. <laughs> um. So yeah. So we go back. Um. And and Shar and Garma are still competing with each other. They're on this kind of uh, ruck march that that the their platoons going on. At, at this point, a few more years have passed, I think. I think at this point, it's yeah, 0076. They're, they're third years now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they go out. They're, ruck they're doing a ruck march. Um, they're, they were carrying they were carrying uh, 40 kilograms, by the way. That is a lot of weight. It's like, what, 85 pounds, 90 pounds? It's about 85, 88 pounds, they, I think. I think they had to take it 50 kilometers. That's nuts. That's a lot. That's 30 miles. That's a lot. <laughs> and these are the, this, this core is, you know, a lot of these are wannabe officers and they think they're going to be pilots and, you know, generals and things like that. And they're having to do this yep. grunt stuff. 
Yep. But uh, kind of Char kind of takes the takes the lead again and just kind of outclasses everybody immediately, as per the usual. So Garma Garma is still trying to prove himself. Um, he is. He's he's definitely pissy about uh, yeah about Char. So they catch up to each other um, because of the bad weather, and then uh, here's one of my other notes where Char is a dick to, <laughs> and mm-hmm. provokes Garma to basically go out into this bad weather. And you know I don't think he knows exactly what'll happen, but he knows something bad will happen um, because the weather's pretty bad and. Of course, Garma gets hurt, breaks his leg. Um, it falls down a cliffside yeah. and breaks his leg. And then Char shows up and is once again a dick and says, after setting up his tent, think of this as your palace. <laughs> isn't this the, it was kind of funny. Isn't this the scene? He whipped out, the, uh, go ahead. Uh, no, I was, he kind of whipped out, the, whipped out the knife and implied that he was going to stab Garma. Kind of, I kind of started thinking about it originally when I watched this. I was like, "Why didn't he? Do, why does it? Why does he keep helping Garma? Just kill him!" But then I, you know, it would have not really made for a very <laughs> dramatic situation in the original series. Well, that and Char, it would have been Char, obvious. Char's motivations have always seemed kind of weird to me because he's he wants to kill the zombies, but he doesn't always take the opportunity to kill the zombies. <laughs> I think I think he was trying to think ahead, and mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like the delayed gratification test that they do with children and stuff. He knows that if he does it now, it's going to be bad for him. Yeah. Later on. Yep. It's all about opportunity, and is it the right opportunity, not just do yeah. I have one in front of me? And, um, and I feel like Char always has access to like two or three um, chapters ahead of of himself in the manga, so he just knows what's going on. Yeah, he's just he's just aware of what's going to happen. <laughs> did, did you guys pick up any? Because there's a you know a little bit of this in the manga, and there's a little bit of it in the anime. But there's some almost like homoerotic overtones to a lot of the Char and uh, Garma stuff here. Um, I did catch that. There's uh, they, this happens later on, but when he's like putting the blanket on him and stuff like that, he, there's definitely a little bit of that. Yeah, I I didn't catch that. So I I get what you're saying, but I didn't I didn't read it that way with the blanket and stuff like that. I, I, I read it with the blanket scene as more of, um, Char had basically gotten what he needed from Garma. He'd basically got him under his thumb and now he was going to take care of him because he was his puppet at this point. Oh, he got what he needed. (laughs) 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 <laughs> anyway so, so they become roommates <laughs> well so char, char ends up carrying them out of the woods basically later on mm-hmm. they, like everyone realizes that they're missing char carries them out of the woods and then they become roommates yeah. and and even in this in this um garma basically saying like char you are somebody that i that will stand up to me and will you know be somebody that I need. Like, I don't need a bunch of yes men. Um, I, I, you know, I respect you. You're awesome. And then Char's like, yeah. And the only reason you're doing this is because you can use your family connections. You asshole. <laughs> so once again, Char is a dick, but now they're also a bickering gay couple. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. So moving forward, it does. There's a little bit of a, uh... 
It shows Sela basically sitting around, realizing, that, like, not realizing, but thinking that Char is still alive. At his at his grave site. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we see that that's been... Even though it's... Yeah, I felt like they just kind of threw her in there, because she didn't really fit at this point. Yeah. Like... I, I didn't even put a note on, uh, other than I was originally going to write, like, um, there's Astraya, Lucifer, and Eduardo. And I was like, you know what? Lucifer and Eduardo fit together. Like, <laughs> or Eduardo. Yeah. Like, this, so the only, the only reason that I note it is because she's, she's just like convinced that he's still alive. And that was not the case in the original series. At least I didn't get that feeling in the original series. Mm. I think it's sort of a, she's surprised to later on learn that he is, you know, much, much, much later on, but I don't know. It's a, yeah, yeah, I guess just kind of a sappy scene. And I think a lot of it is just, oh, by the way, she's still here. Yeah. She's still here. <laughs> don't but, forget about her. She's important. And, later. and they, they mentioned, too, that she's going to become a doctor, or she mentions that herself. So, like, yeah. again, they're just yeah. kind of trying to push her narrative on a, a little bit um, and not yeah. make the entire focus um, Char. Um, so, speaking about the focus being on Char, uh, Char gets to use his death stare again uh, after stepping out. Um, so, so essentially, there's there's a scene where um, Char and Garma work together to um, beat the Federation in a training, it's like a tactical uh, war game thing. Yeah, yeah. and then um, and they do pretty good, right? Uh, and then they get um medals or promotions it's like some sort of ceremony i can't remember exactly what it is but there there's simply the ceremony where they the the federation soldiers like telling them how they're the future yada 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 um and then char comes out and is like hey if we're supposed to be like a real military force why are we treated like um you know s- you know sub-level citizens yada 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 and the guy slaps the shit out of him knocks his glasses off and Char Deathsters. What's that? Char then Deathsters. Yeah, stares. then Char death, death stares and summons cadet support. And they're like, give him his glasses back. Um, Basically, the Federation officer has to kind of humiliate himself at that point. I, I, so I can't imagine that ever actually happening with happening in any real, any real military, in any real military yeah. scenario. But, um, I think the only reason that he did it was because Gorma, they, because yes. of Gorma and the zombies yeah, had so much Yeah, control. yeah, I was going to say that how this is not a real military scenario at all is, well, it's not. And there's an aristocrat here, and I think that is the big influence. I, I did note that Garma is a great wingman in this situation. Garma is. Garma's valuable to have on, have on your side. Um, one thing to note, um, just one quick note, because I want to talk about it later, is the Hernandez guy. Uh, earlier on in the episode, he definitely realized that uh, Char was not actually Char. And then during the mock battle with the Federation forces, he started asking him, hey, you remember that time we did this? Hey, you remember that time we did that? And started throwing out hints there. And Char's like, uh, yeah, no, I totally remember yeah. that. So he's definitely fishing to determine, to confirm his suspicions. Yeah, he knows something's not right. You know what wasn't convincing about that to me is that I'm pretty sure I have, you know, I'm not a replacement or a double for for Scotty. But, you know, 
there's things that people could say and I would just go along with it being polite. And then later, (laughs) but that didn't really happen. Yeah. And, and I think that's why he, I think, I think he had had those suspicions, but even when he said that, like he didn't call him out right then and right there. He was just like, all right, shit's not adding up. Like what's going on. And, 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 no, he he had already realized that it wasn't Char. He's like, I know this isn't yeah. Char. I don't know who this is. And then he was just kind of, conf- I think he just kind of confirming at this yeah. point. I, yeah, I think that's right. I, I and I don't think he knows even what he was going to do with it. And um, later on, they they go into a conversation about it. But I mean, uh, yeah, I think he's just trying to figure out what's going on at this point. He knows something is not right. So after that, we move into kind of seemingly a not very important scene, but what is actually really important. Um, and that's the, the spaceship crash. Yeah. So it, it's very clearly a, just a miscommunication. Nobody wanting to yield their way. A Federation and Zeon ship. Um, one, they, I think they bump think each other. Zeon ship is leaving this. No, no. The Zeon ship is coming into the space dock. The Federation mm-hmm. ship is leaving the space dock. Um, and they both basically are playing a game of chicken and they both lose and the Xeon ship ends up crashing into the space station, blowing up a large section of it. Um, and then we, I think it was one of their big agricultural yeah. sections too. So it was a big food source. For yeah. Them. And then we see kind of like a montage of the independence movement basically being reignited at this yep. moment. Yeah, and we, it kind of moves into like actual protesting. Um, and one of the interesting things about the protesting is then uh, the Federation protesters start opening fire on the protesters. Yeah, so this is one of those, again, big differences in the formats. Um, whereas it's a, this accident in the show, uh, the manga takes the approach that, so what you don't see because they don't, go this way in the show is that earlier in the day uh, Char is talking to Garma or maybe it's a couple days earlier and he's somehow hacksawed into some system and sees that there is like space debris or like a small piece of an asteroid or something that's going to come dangerously close to the colony and Garma is like hey oh, that's yeah. someone else's job to worry about that and then Char kind of persists and he's like yeah well you know if those there's whatever service that looks at it. And if they haven't issued an alert, everything must be fine. And you just kind of move on, but it's this setup as this, obviously like you read it and you go, well, that's going to matter later. And <laughs> yeah, they definitely, they should know that yep. in, the, in the show, which is interesting. Yeah. And then, so what they show uh, as they're uh, it's after the whole thing with the um, confrontation with, uh, uh, sorry, that the Federation officer, there's this actual like matriculation ceremony at the school with Dozel and they're all standing in there. And right before that, they showed these guys that are supposed to be watching for debris and all that. Like they missed it. Like they, they didn't notice. And it's all that's these a guys. Huge, that's a huge piece that got missed. Mm-hmm. That's, yep. that's a lot of background information. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's character building, right? Like you get more of Char being good at everything and Garma kind of going, a little bit of that, a little bit of the arrogant side coming out with, oh, well, there's people that manage that. We'll just let them handle it uh, if it's a problem. And so uh, the whole thing isn't even caused by a Federation ship. It's caused by, um, you know, space debris and incompetence on the Federation's part 
But then because there's a Federation ship like docked nearby, it's, you know, misconstrued. I don't, I think I'm yeah. presenting it wrong if I say it's misconstrued a little. It may have been propagandized as something that they did on purpose. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, fun, fun stuff. Very, very different approach. Uh, and I think it was, it's one of those things that I felt like the page space there took up what Hernandez maybe took up for uh, like frame space in the show. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think Hernandez was, was a good plot device as we'll get into in a little bit, but um, I, again, it, the, he's, he's another plot device to show that um, Char is a dick. Right. <laughs> in case it wasn't clear yet. Um, so yeah, so that sparks the independence movement. Um, so they kind of flash back to the Academy now. Um, and, and it's, what's a really weird scene is, uh, and, and I guess this is kind of associated with, um, the Zabi family kind of being like the, the head of Zeon now, um, Garma is kind of like walking through, uh, the cafeteria and just like kind of doing the, the prince princess wave, like left and right, like, uh, like he's a celebrity, um and you know even there's a, a scene where where there are the whole family kind of talking and you know he's like we're not going to do anything right now we need to we need to pull our guys back because we don't want Garma to get hurt because he's essentially a hostage where he's at at the academy right now um so moving from that point um Char is basically like all right this is where we can get real. Um, yeah, he starts heavily manipulating Garma. Yeah, he's which is like, great. It's a great scene where he's really, really take, kind of taking control of of Garma. Yeah, I mean, it, it literally goes from Garma waving like a celebrity in the kitchen or in the, the cafeteria to um, Char pulling him into this, this side room and saying, all right, we're going to take over the Academy. We're going to take the Federation out. Um let's do it. And they come up with a plan. Um, what's mostly Shar again. Yeah. Um, but he, he plots it. He plots it to look all like it was completely Garma. Yeah. So that happens. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to give too much of a blow by blow because we'll, we'll be here for a while if we do that. But, um, uh, well, before it, before it all starts, Hernandez pops up again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was my next note is, um, Hernandez shows up, um, and he's like, I know who you are. You are Casaval Daikun. Um, or yeah. Right. Daikun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you are Casaval Daikun. You took over Char's identity when you, were originally Eduardo on Texas or Edouard on Texas. Um, and that's cool. Like I, I'm, I'm on your side and here's this mask. He's like, <laughs> Oh, I'm crushing on you so hard. Here's some new glasses. Getting the visor. Yeah. He was a big, uh, Zeon mm-hmm. fanboy. Which kind of makes sense. I'm sure a lot of the, a lot of those cadets would be to go and do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to it. 
Jordan asked yeah, wholeheartedly. Like, what, what are you talking about? And then he kind of like nah, took- that, he he doesn't completely deny it at the end, but it, he's basically like, okay, whatever. Just give me give me those cool glasses so <laughs> I can move on and um, I can take I can these weird on. goggles. Yeah. <laughs> fight a battle, and I can look cool. Sold. Please, please give me my my uh, face yeah. mask so I can start the genre forming uh, face mask in a Gundam series. Yeah, that's character. right. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> after that, they move into the actual um, rebellion. Yep, the Dawn Rebellion, if, as as they as they later call it. Um, I, not to go into scene by scene or anything like that because it's like 15 minutes long but it's, so it's this is actually the be- the most action that we've seen pretty much thus far in the series aside from the opening series opening scene aside from the opening little two minute clip yeah. yeah uh yeah so this is i actually really like this scene um there's there's a lot of like tactics and action and you get to see them flying around on the jet packs and i think a, a, a big important piece too is and they talk about this a little earlier when uh Charge going over the plan is it's 200 students versus like several thousand Federation soldiers. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. the feds are yeah. caught completely off guard here. All right. This is the last place they were expecting any kind of conflict to originate from. Yeah. So basically Char's group kind of hands, hands it to him, takes, takes them over. No real struggle. Basically his plan works perfectly. Not before. Well, during during that whole scenario, though, he um, he gets rid of his uh, loose uh, loose strings or whatever you want to call them. He, yeah, her, uh, he's a dick again. Go hijack a tank. Says, "Hey, man, go on this channel so I can direct shit to you." Mm. And then immediately has a has his team blow him up. He's like, "Yeah, Hernandez. He must have gotten taken out by that tank. Go blow up that tank for me, mm. bros." And and this was my uh, next to last note. So so I have my last two notes. So um, I, I guess his first name was Leno. Um, so Leno Hernandez. Um, but Char sets up Leno to get killed after hijacking a tank. Squad has his squad mates blow him up. Char yeah. is a dick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much. Char uh, it's is this, a dick. Like double, double cross and... Oh, well, yeah, that guy's dead now. So one thing that uh, I hadn't brought up, but I think it is a it's a very important long term plot point for the Gundam series that kind of doesn't look super consequential when you watch this episode. But they send Zenimia to basically distract Dozel because they, they can't have Dozel is there. He's the dean. They can't, and he's also the head of the Xeon Space Force. Well, I guess that doesn't exist at this point, but you know, he's very important. And they can't have him really know what's going on because he could just shut the whole thing down and it, that ruins the plan. So they send Zenimia to uh, distract him, and uh, we will learn much later why that is important. And it's a little, little creepy too, but you know, it, it ends up being an important uh, point in the series. So I'm gonna say, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but I do want to talk about that later. So we need to remember to talk about this topic because I have my suspicions okay. about it and I want to discuss it. So yeah, so the when we get to that episode, the episode ends. Um, it kind of gives like a little quick summary. Is like, hey, this is the Dawn Rebellion, and this is what kicked off the beginning it was of the f- one year war. So yeah, it was the 
was the very first thing that was the very first catalyst. It's the assassination of Franz Ferdinand. Yep. So, so we see here, Shar has started the one year war, um, which led to lots and lots and lots of death. And Garma gets is, Garma gets framed as the hero of this rebellion. Yeah, it's another important thing, and this is where where Garma kind of made the name for himself. And then post credit scene. Oh, I must have missed that. Oh my god, <laughs> you, you, you noob! Oh god. <laughs> Listen, man, I was cook- I was cooking dinner. <laughs> so just to for Scotty and I to recap. It shows our little uh, horror-toting boy going to Earth. Is he on Earth? Or I thought they... Uh, or, I'm sorry. So it shows him going to the colony. Yeah, yeah. They go to side seven, which is... Yeah. It is still being put together, but mm-hmm. obviously habitable. You know, I think I saw that the first time I watched it. Cause okay. I do, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And not all of these have a post credit scene, but I think this is the one where they kind of start to... Oh, know. and they actually make note... Um, in this series, it's uh, he's aged thirteen at this point. Amuro is thirteen right at the end of the scene. Hmm. So that's what three years before. Yeah, I think so, or two. Two years before, no, zero zero seventy eight, I think. So yeah, it would have been two years. Two years later. Yeah, I felt like he was fifteen in the in the other show. Well, anyway. Yeah, I digress. I th- I don't think they're super consistent, but that's fine. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that they're all under 20, so they're not old yet in anime terms. Yeah. <laughs> He's 25. He has like an old man's beard. I would, you know, it's funny. I think all of us would have, you know, long gray beards and be all hunched over with a cane in anime years. Oh, yeah. We'd be like half fucking dead in anime years. Well, you know, it's it's funny, and uh, this is complete digression, but, you know, there's there's guys I see that I went to high school with now that are completely gray, and I'm like, my God, where, where did I go right in life? <laughs> hey, man, I'm going. I'm starting to go down that rabbit hole. So, so I'm not talking about, like, the salt and pepper thing. I'm talking, like, these guys hmm. look like they're about 20 years older than me. Hmm. That's <laughs> funny. That's funny. Well, meth is a hell of a drug. <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> all right so all right so i guess let's let's uh do our recap of the episode um overall i'm 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 gonna go back to giving this one a grade i give this one uh a, a, a b plus i give it a b plus i think yeah i, I agree four stars this i think this was a good especially after the last episode this was a breath of fresh air it was good action. You got to see, you know, kind of Shar uh, just going into badass mode, even if he was a complete asshole every second that he was on the screen. He, he was still. But that's but that's who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's not playing. It's not like he's playing against character or anything. That is who Char is. And that's a giant asshole. Yeah, no, I think this is the episode where Origin gets good. Um, One and two are very much like... So the right term is fan service, but in anime it's also the complete wrong term to use in this context. But they're very like fan wankery uh, affairs. And then you get here, and although that kind of keeps up and maybe even accelerates with some of the cameos and things... 
the overall, I think, pacing and plotting and uh, suspense and tension and things like that, you know, the drama ramps up, the stakes ramp up, becomes a, a more interesting show to watch. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, I think I think the, the the first episode of Origin was good. The second one was way worse, and then the third is really where it starts to get um, get to be really good for me. And then we'll we'll talk about the the next few episodes. But um, um, I I think after the last episode, you might think we hate Origin, but I don't think any of us really hate Origin. We just didn't like episode two. <laughs> yeah, I as a as a whole, I really enjoyed it. Yep. All right. Uh, any closing thoughts? No, nah, not really. Looking forward to episode four. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Um, catch catch us next time. We'll be talking about episode four. Um, until then, you can reach me. Uh, I'm Lane. You can reach me at Skankin' Monkey on Twitter. Scotty? Yeah, so you can listen to the other episodes to hear some things. I'll alternate the contact a little bit. You can also hear me on a Transformers podcast at Sabertron.com slash podcast. So if you like Transformers and you're not totally annoyed by me in this show, you can check me out there. And Luke. Uh, Easy stuff on Twitter. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Goodbye. Have a good day.